worthy of sharing. And I love it in particular when my, my guests have a social enterprise mission. So it's really important to me that we showcase positivity, great role models, and especially where women are having incredible success in business. So if we haven't met before, um, the reason I share these these stories as an executive coach myself and certified HR professional, I am all about personal growth and self-development, and I teach women to flourish in business. I love working with women where we can have conversations about how to elevate their confidence, help them to shift their language, step into their authentic self, master that confident language. And then it's amazing what happens in business. They turn it into something that they can be proud of for their kids and showcase how women can have a sustainable business and work-life balance as well. So I love working with women and showcasing women's stories. So today I'm talking with Viviano Puello. So formal introduction, we're going to talk about something called the winner's journey today. And Viviana has definitely the experience and the leadership caliber to be speaking to this. She is featured as one of the top female 10 entrepreneurs in 2020 by New York Weekly. Viviana Puello is an award-winning artist, a writer, an entrepreneur, art, business expert and coach and founder, CEO of Art Tour International, which is a revolutionary multimedia platform which is dedicated to promoting artists worldwide. I love this. And as CEO, she's expanded that platform to, to now include print, digital publications, an award-winning TV show, international events, which I've seen some of the videos of those. They're beautiful. And it now serves talented people from more than 205 countries. So really, as an expert in this art marketing world, Viviana's helped hundreds of artists from her, their transition from nine to five jobs into the world of being an art entrepreneur full time. She has workshops on that, which we'll talk a little bit about later on. And she's also the host of Art Tour International, which is a TV series that's traveled to more than 50 cities across the globe. Obviously not right now <laughs> to support artists and help emerging art organizations, as well as being the founder and director of Vivid Arts Network, which is an international our event platform to offer artists the opportunity to cross over continents with their art and expand their reach. So there's a lot more I'm going to share throughout the interview, but I think you get the idea that Viviana is an expert in art, passionate about it, and I am really curious to hear the story of how you got started in this arena. Tell me more about if you have a tragedy to triumph story, I love hearing those because it showcases resilience and possibility. What's your story? Yeah, yeah thanks, Yvonne. I do have a dramatic <laughs> but very positive uh, ending. Not ending, right? Because this is just, we keep going. We never end. Yeah. Even after we pass, that's my belief. Uh, but I think I was. Pretty much my journey prepared me for what I'm doing today, and I am grateful and thankful about every experience that I have. And I want to clarify that because it is a very strong, um, it was a very strong and difficult childhood that I had. I Art has been my passion, 
Mm-hmm. And it was something that saved me. I always say art saved me from probably uh, a worse outcome. Um, if it wasn't for my passion for art, who knows? You know, I would have ended up doing something different and in a very different situation. So I I suffer. I, I'm going to start from the beginning because if I don't start from the beginning, you don't get the end. <laughs> so. <laughs> The beginning, the beginning of this journey really started with my childhood when I was about a year and a half old, abandoned by my mother, uh, didn't know her, and later on in life, abandoned by my father before that being a brief period of time living with him and a stepmother that, you know, back then didn't think about me as a child, and probably, I don't know what was going through her mind, but I was, she was very abusive towards me. And the words she would use were always negative. You're stupid. You don't know anything. You're never going to do anything good in life. Things like that, that mark the child and make you believe that. Because when you tell a child you're stupid, they believe it. You know, that mm. the, the thing that we need to acknowledge and keep in mind as parents of relative of humanity is that whatever you share with a child, it's sacred because you're an adult. Yeah. Yeah. As young so children, being so- such a close adult, I did see. Yeah, it is totally, totally real. So I became shy, I became insecure, but I became a rebel. And that rebellion was not, you know, I was not, I felt weak. So that the rebellion that I had in me was, let me prove to this woman that I'm not stupid. And um, I was blessed that they decided to give me up to my grandparents. Thank goodness, because I have such incredible grandparents. They they gave me so much love. And my healing process started around 12 when I moved back to family home and started receiving that love. And I, kind of coincidentally, which is not coincidentally, really, I think I started healing and started seeing what was good in me and discovered art in school. So I enlisted for art class, music. I learned how to play the guitar. Everything that was related to art, I was doing. Mm. And that helped me heal. That was my my outlet, you know. And because I was in music and I was in a group, I was pushed, I was pushed to being in front of a camera, to traveling with them, uh, to TV shows, so I had to be there and I I had to break from that shy person that I was insecure and, and memorize these lines that I had to say in front of the camera. And it was so scary and I would shake and I was, you know, cold. I even fainted once. <laughs> I even fainted one with my guitar in my hands, but it helped me. It helped me understand that there was more to me than that voice in my head. And it took many years for me to silence that voice in my head. It wasn't overnight. So I grew up, I still had that, that pain. I think I didn't realize that it was there. And of course, when you have that belief in your mind that you're not good enough, that you have to work to earn love, that you're probably not capable of doing things, you kind of, 
manifest, you manifest that around you. So your situations reflect what you're believing that you can do or that you are. Exactly. And that's what happened. Yeah. 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 That's what happened. So I believe that I was deser deserving of that abuse and that I something in me was wrong that my mother had left. Uh, my stepmother abuses me. My father doesn't want me. There's, there's gotta be something wrong with me. So of course I went and found, I went and found the wrong, you know, that person as a partner that would reflect that belief system. And he was very abusive. Of course. So yeah, isn't yeah. it? It's like one after the other. And I did, I did see love in my life with my grandparents. So I had that that role model of my grandparents' marriage. They lasted until they, they died. They were married for 68 years. They loved oh, each other. <laughs> so I knew I was not in a loving relationship, even though I had fallen into that. In three years, I had two kids. I was married for three years. And um, right after I gave birth to my daughter, I decided that that was not the situation where I wanted to be. I had a job, so I was brave. I'm, I can support myself. I'm gone. And so I kicked the guy out of the house, which is like, you know, <laughs> what I had to do. And I wanted to support my kids and be independent. And what happened to me was within a couple of weeks, uh, I got really sick. My daughter got sick and I lost my job. Of course, I couldn't make it. And I stopped paying my bills because I didn't have any money. And in a matter of a couple of months, I was homeless. Uh, I found myself one day on the street, on the bench of a bus stop, wondering where the heck are we going to go? My daughter was sick. She's sick in the hospital. I have my child. I go to the babysitter who was taking care of him back then, and she said, you know, he can sleep here. It's okay. You go take care of your daughter, and then you sleep in the hospital so you're not on the street. And that happened. Actually, I was in that situation for for about a couple of weeks. I was blessed. There's always angels that, that bless you in this life. And, and soon enough, I found a couple of jobs. And I was working during the day. Uh, I opened up a McDonald's. And during the evening, I was cleaning the hospital. And I have to clarify, this was like a shock for me. I was raised in a very good situation in Colombia, very comfortable, you know, like the little princess in the home, uh, first granddaughter, first niece. I had people taking care of me. And I came to a total contrast. Um, I was not a spoiled child, you know, I was not. So... I was humble. There's something that they yeah. taught me to be humble. And, and I'm thankful for that because I was able to take these jobs and be thankful. And every day smile with that cleaning car in my hand. I knew I had graduated from college. I knew that I could do more, but I was thankful for what I was doing. And I was honoring that. And, mm -hmm. and I look back and I just, I'm thankful for that young me that, you know, could handle these things that way. And then, you know, finally found my job, uh, started working. I, I, you know, became this overachiever and was doing more and more and doing better. My kids started growing. Uh, by the time they were teenagers, I had a really good job. I moved to Saratoga Springs and were like doing incredible. And in the meantime, you know, throughout my journey, I always painted. 
So I always went back to art, but art was this side thing. You know, my grandfather would not approve of me going to art school. And I come from a very traditional, old-fashioned Colombian family where the, you know, grandmother, the grandfather used to say something and that was sacred. You would follow that advice. So I did. I went for international business administration, which I resented for about 15 years. But at the same time, I would go to school, to art school, hiding. So like my allowances, I would save to go to art school whenever I could. So I had that and it was awesome. Um, and when my kids were grown, I I kind of wanted to follow that passion, but I wasn't, I didn't dare. It was like, no, I'm just going to do it. And I just realized I wasn't happy. I was working, I was making money, I was supporting my family, but I wasn't happy. It wasn't that for me. Isn't it? And I went, it's so, yeah. It's, it's so interesting as I'm listening to you sharing how how many lessons are already coming up in our interview from this. Um, you know, don't don't always assume that everything that your parents say is truth. Mm-hmm. Don't listen and, and, and assume that what anybody anybody says is truth. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's something that makes you feel good and brings you joy and is a passion for you, follow that passion um, and the money will come. I mean, if, you're, if you become an expert in something, then um, it's, uh, it's very easy to then become someone who is you know, consulting in it or creating programs in it or teaching others in it because you have, you have become an expert. And I so hear similarities between your story and, and my story of you know, being told as a child. I had an art project, actually. We didn't talk about this before, but I had a picture of a goat that I did when I was about five. And I thought it was beautiful. And I showed my dad and he was like, that's not very good. Did you do that? And he basically trashed it. And I was, I was heartbroken. I remember my mom putting three little gold sticky stars on the corner of it and telling me it was great. Um, But the damage was done already. And because I wanted my dad to like it. And, um, you know, there's other pieces that I will, you know, perhaps share later, but the art piece, we have that connection already in that piece. And then also becoming a rebel. You know, when you get told something, you can either choose to sink into it and believe it or something in us, a spark of, you know, our purpose comes through and says, no, no, that's not for you. You're not going to be believing that. It's time to take that on as a um, as a project to strive into it and prove somebody wrong, even though we might come from that energy of um uh, masculine energy first, I think we soften into it once we get our ground and realize that we're actually living our purpose. <laughs> yes, yes. What's yes. your experience there? Yes, the, that masculine energy when I was a child was, you know, that did the damage. It yeah. did the damage. Yeah. I I didn't, I actually didn't open up before to you and, and, and share this part, which was also something that defined and I think it was the reason why I ended up with the partner that I did. And it was that I was molested when I was about 12 by a teacher in school. So all these uh, authority figures, you know, yeah. all these authority figures um, bombarding you with some sort of abuse, some right. sort of um, damage, you know, the ca- 
causing causing pain, yeah, uh, especially in a child, yeah, and and that rebellious part, mm-hmm. I think it's our um, defense mechanism, yeah, to overcome this these situations. Yeah. I actually have blocked this. This is really crazy, right? But I actually had blocked completely this memory. That's how bad it was. And I remember the whole situation when I was in my 30s. Mm. So this, this came back to me. But I didn't know it was... And then I, I went through my healing process also from, from that. But all these situations are, are the ones that push me to do what I'm doing now, really. Because... I found in art that source of healing that I was looking for. And I realized I wasn't happy. I was just surviving. I was just trying to work and make money and support my family. But I I was never told because we come from a situation that it wasn't, you know, we were not millionaires. We were not these rich people that, you know, you attain things easier. Uh, when you struggle with during that time with not just that, but finances, you learn that you have to survive. You got to work to make money and survive. And that's what I was doing. But I didn't know. I didn't know there could be so much more to life because I was boxing that mindset of surviving. Right. And survival had become my lifestyle. So mm-hmm. I wasn't looking for happiness. I wasn't looking for joy. I wasn't looking for my purpose. I was looking for what, how do I put food in on my table next, you know, tomorrow? Yep. And I thought I was condemned to that. I thought that's, you know, that was my, my, how do I say that was my status. That's the way it's going to be. Yep. And that was my belief system. It was all here in my mind. It was in my, in my, in between these two ears that I just had to do that. But I knew I wasn't happy. Was there a moment, Viviana, <clears throat> kind of a learning moment where something happened and something sparked to change that belief? Yep, yep absolutely. Whoa. So I lost my job. <laughs> okay. So before this, there's synchronicities. Of course, the universe is there for you. And if you miss, miss these messages, you miss the train. And you got to wait for the next one. It's always going to come back. But, you know, if you get it, the sooner you get it, the better. So this was one of my messages was I had this dream about being outside of Earth. And I saw this beautiful planet. I fell in love with Earth back then. I'm still an environmentalist since then. Mm-hmm. Um, and I woke up and I said, I've got to paint this. i got to paint this. I had like been like five years on post from painting because I was so busy at work. Busy trying to be a top salesperson, you know? Yeah. And I painted this thing. We moved to Saratoga Springs, New York. I hanged that painting on the wall. And soon enough, I lose my job. I lose my job and I am desperate. Because when you have been at the place where I was, you know, early in life, early 20s, I was a mother already, homeless. Yeah. When you have been there and you lose your job and you don't have a family or has anybody to, you know, support, to, to help you, you go in panic. You go in panic mode if you're a single mom. And, and I'm sure there's single moms out there. And, you know, it, it's, 
the thing is back then I thought it was all me and I didn't realize how much support I have from this universe from God you know I'm a believer so from my source and I lost my job I went into panic I was always in a spiritual journey and at that moment I was starting the Kabbalah and I had an incredible teacher that I still cherish dearly and I called her desperate and I told her I don't know what I'm gonna do I'm broke um, I don't have a job. We're going to run out of money. What's going to happen to us? So I started crying. I broke down and she said, sit down, come down and start describing what you have around you. Mm-hmm. And I started describing my room and I said, well, you know, my, I'm in my room, I'm on my bed. And so I think she was doing this to calm me down, but we discovered something incredible out of it. So she, I started describing, there's paintings, it's messy, there's paintings everywhere. And she said, so that's your passion, right? I said, yeah, that's really, if I could be doing that, I'm, I would just be happy. And she said, why don't you just do that? And I said, well, you know, because I need to do my kids. <laughs> and she said, well, you have a lot of products to sell. And I didn't think about it that way. I didn't think about, you know, I could sell this and probably make money to support my family. And I was a business person. I mean, I was doing sales. I was, I knew marketing, I knew all this, but it just was my belief system kind of sabotaging. And I said, you know, you might be right. So she made me think, I turned up, you know, I hang up the phone, turned off PBS, which I love. I'm not doing ads here, but you know, I I just love that public channel. And there is Dr. Wayne Dwyer speaking about the power of intention. Oh, my goodness. I'm telling you. When when the student is ready, the teacher appears, right? Oh, my goodness. I I just, I I ordered the book. I ordered the CDs. I wanted everything. I wanted to hear him. And then I heard and heard and heard. And I got so many others. And I was so inspired. Within a week, I had a studio. I had my own studio, which became a gallery, small gallery. And about within a year from that, I started Vivid Arts Network. And I started helping other artists because I loved it so much. I wanted to exhibit here and there and have friends who were artists were asking me to help them. So I started doing that. And Vivid Arts became international. And I went to uh, Italy in 2008. And I started, you know, exhibiting artists over there too. In 2009, I came back because I just loved it so much. And I volunteered for a um, exhibition. So I was the creator um, and I was volunteering. Don't pay me. I'm I'm paying for everything. I just want to travel to Italy. So I did. It was a huge exhibit about 60 something artists in Castello Estense in Ferrara. And the person who was supposed to pick me up didn't make it. And uh, they sent some. They sent this handsome guy to pick me up, and I come off the airport, uh, and he has my name. You know, I seen this hot Italian with my name on it. <laughs> I'm like, this is a sign from the universe. <laughs> it's a sign, all right. <laughs> and we started. Actually, he was one of the team members, and we started working together, and fell in love. And we became partners as soon as this exhibition finished. I said, I want to host another one, but in Florence. And he decided to partner with me. And, you know, the whole 
love story and relationship story developed there. Mm-hmm. And by 2011, we got married. And about five months later, we created Arto International. And Arto International was an idea that I had when I was in a plane. And I thought this uh, magazine, and I was wondering, you know, we should have art magazines that are kind of exciting and people want to read and maybe mm-hmm. make it multimedia, somehow attract the right. public and the audience. So we did. So we did. So our two international started in 2011 after a lot of work. Um, it didn't start in a garage like a lot of companies, <laughs> but it started in an attic. <laughs> We did start in an attic. So it was uh, my husband, myself, and a team of two other uh, members. And basically, we were just, you know, we were were the ones supporting and sponsoring this magazine. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, about two months later, when I went to scout for a location to launch the magazine, again, the universe comes to the rescue, right? Always when the idea comes with that force, it's going to happen. Absolutely. And it happened that when we went to Scott for a, for a location to launch the magazine. And at the moment that I was there looking for this location, there's this international, big international uh, convention with ministers of cultures of different countries. There's like 500 people. So I couldn't go in right away because there's, this event going on, I told the person who was supposed to show me, I said, listen, um, why don't you ask them? Maybe they'll let me in for a few minutes and I can present the magazine to them. And it was kind of a daring thing for me to do, which I'm always <laughs> thinking, what the heck came over me? <laughs> That's out of your comfort zone. You never know what will happen. It's like, how? But they did let me do it. So we had launched the first issue to 1,500 people already, like, you know, us. And that was the first issue. So we went there. I presented the magazine to this incredible group of ministers. We networked with them. We partnered with a lot of them. We traveled to their countries. We featured their countries uh, as travel locations. We featured the artists. And by the time we had the third issue thanks to all these uh presentations we had already about five hundred thousand readers so we jumped from like nothing to five hundred thousand people that were already reading our magazine throughout the world you know and we had i think by then we had like 50 something countries already and that had partnered the print magazine then or yeah. was it online so it is print it is print, so it is on Barnes and Noble. But back then, we were printing, but we didn't have Barnes and Nobles yet. You know, it was the second issue. Okay. So we did. We had the strongest one was the online uh, through our digital platform. So it went everywhere. And about the next issue, which thanks to when you don't know something and you think that you need to be an expert, right? I had no idea what I was doing when I started this. I was not a publisher. I am an artist and a creator, and I just wanted to feature beautiful art. And I found this beautiful art that I wanted to feature on the homepage, uh, on the homepage, on the cover of the next issue. And it was um, photography that was a replica of the girl with the pearl earring. 
but the girl with the pearl earring in this replica had the breast exposed. And it went to 500,000 people that not all of them agree with that. And it makes so much noise and such a scandal. And I was bombarded with, you know, thank you for sharing. And other ones, oh, you're, what are you doing with this publication? That the readership jumped to 2 million readers right there. <laughs> is, is any publicity bad publicity? Um, yeah, well, I guess that's proof in the pudding, right? Is you know yeah. how do you how do you garner people's attention? Is do something yeah. daring and shocking, um, and then you know the people that are your raving fans will obviously stick with you and probably bring some more of their friends with it, and those yeah. who don't, don't agree will drop off. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And at that moment, I had to make that decision. I had sponsors for the next issue. And actually they one one of the sponsors actually said, you know, if you if we're gonna be in your magazine, you cannot feature this and that. The other one was if we're gonna be um, you know, advertisers in your magazine, you cannot feature this other art type of art. Right. And I realized at that moment that either I chose the the most difficult road was Let's ask the artist to to help us donate, you know, money, contribute money to make this magazine happen. And mm -hmm. we just feature whatever the heck we want. Or we go with the sponsors and we deal with it. And we're going to have to refuse, you know, some art. And I decided that I just, there was enough art magazines out there following the sponsors' guidelines. And I was going to do my own thing. Rebel. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I thought, this is going to limit us. Really, that's what I thought. I thought this is going to limit our growth. This is going to limit um, our income, you know, how much money we can even make. Can we support a team like that? But guess what? Ten years later, we're doing, we're still doing it. The artists are uh, sponsoring this magazine and they contribute to the magazine. And we get to speak up to share awareness about issues, social issues, environmental issues, and whatever we want to say that is going to contribute to the growth and to help humanity right. because we have that freedom. Yeah, so. that's beautiful, Viviana. And, you know, you, since since those um, interesting times, you've also gone on to being an award-winning writer and filmmaker, um, first-time director for the top documentary awards for your environmental film, uh, Kintsugi, The Line of Destiny, Yep. Um, and other stunning films that encourage audiences to choose that eco-friendly lifestyle. Um, you've also been featured on CBS News, uh, Medium, ABC, Fox, uh, New York Weekly, Washington Post, and numerous others, including um, you know, Venezuela TV, Brazil, Toscana Cultura, um, in country con l'arte, I'm probably pronouncing that wrong, in Italy. <laughs> and then you've also um, become founder for Artists for a Green Planet and Create for Peace, assisting artist activists to find their voice. Love that. Tell me more about these social enterprise passions that you have. Yes, well, there's two of them, of course. So one of them is bringing peace awareness. Uh, and the other one is environmental conservation, and they're really close to the heart. 
Um, and they were guided by by our artists. We're a family. We have a family of thousands of artists in about 200 countries. Right. Once a year, um, and this is something that we created, was award these artists that are working so hard, you know, during the year, bring them together and let's create something that acknowledges their efforts. So we created the Arthur International Masters Awards uh, in the top 60 masters publication. Right. So we select 60 artists, we invite them, we host a big exhibition every year and we reunite in a certain point in the world. We've done it in France, we've done it in New York, uh, we've done it in Italy, uh, in the U.S., in Miami as well. And one of those, you know, the first event that we have was the one that inspired Create for Peace. Because one thing is to work with this artist online. I see them on the magazine. But this artist together, that was the most, I think it's the first time I have this, this, I had traveled to some of these countries, but I had never seen them all together. Right. And we have people from Japan, from China, I have artists from Iran, from Iraq, from Israel. They were hugging each other. Mm. They were loving each other. It didn't matter if the countries were enemies. They were finding love and peace among them. Mm-hmm. And that's when I realized that message need, needed to be shared. That message needed to come out more often. And that's when Create for Peace was born. And we've continued with our efforts for Create for Peace through, throughout the years. And I totally have big plans for 2021. And we're going to have a big reunion again at the end of the year here in New York. Excellent. And this, you know, they come together. We bring awareness. We get the media involved. And people get to see through their words. There can be peace even if you're different. There can be peace even if you come from a different culture. Even if you don't speak the same language, there's something in your heart that is going to guide you to communicate and connect with this other person. And more than that, we're all the same. (laughs) We worry about the same things. We all love our family. Uh, As mothers, we all love our children. We have the same, that, that same heart. So, you know, the appearance might be different, but we're the same. Yeah. Well, what's beautiful is, is when, <clears throat> I mean, art obviously is a very personal expression yep. of an idea or something that has come to you. And it can be, you know, as simple as a red tea on a, you know, on a, a black or a gray background, or it can be, you know, very complex um, in the medium. And I mean, you know, watching my son, Alex, um, who's, um, you know, for those who, don't know me very well. Um, he's a special needs. He's 25 now. Um, watching him spending hours, I mean, it literally took him a lot longer to create some of his paintings, which, you know, some might describe as rudimentary. For him, they were pretty advanced. And the passion and love that he put into them, and then hearing, you know, his um, idea one day when he came running in saying, Mom, Mom, I want to buy a, uh, wanna, I need a credit card. And I'm like, well, what do you need it for? And I want to buy a kid a smile. It's like, what are you talking about? You know? And it turns out he'd been watching uh, a, uh, a telethon to raise money for Operation Smile. And because he of his status and it was harder to get a credit card, he ended up selling 
some of his artwork to raise money for Operation Smile. And I mean, it was just such the, you know a beautiful story that you know people um, came out of the woodwork from nowhere to support him. You know, I had him on global TV and, and I had a lot of people approach me after that. I went out to the printer to get a quote for his book and the printer, um, very kindly, Little Rock Printing um, in here in Calgary, said, I absolutely can't charge you based on what he's doing. How can I charge you? To, you know, I'm, I'm happy to produce copies of his book. And, and that was so generous and so kind. And thank you so much for that. Um, and, you know, these kinds of things just kept coming up because the goodness was there. And I'm sure that you see that a lot in the work that you're doing with Create for Peace. And anything that we can do where we're encouraging people to express themselves, no matter what the medium is, for me, it's in language. You know, my passion is communications. And, you know, when you first started telling your story about, you know, having harsh words as a little kid, you know, your words do matter, you know, for everybody listening, you know, please, please, please pay attention as a parent to what your children are hearing, um, not just in their very formative years, but all the way through, and you know, at least until they're 21, they're so impressionable. Um, and it, it just makes such a difference. One harsh word. I mean, my dad told me at 11, I would never, ever be successful in life. You know, he's screaming that at me as I'm about to go into high school because I flunked a an important exam by two marks. Well, yeah, I carried that for a lot of years. <laughs> put put yeah. my shield up and, you know, yeah. hid behind my shield, um, even though I took the same energy that you took away from that. And after, you know, letting it sink in, and, and it did really sink in, um, I rose above it and I said, no, I'm not going to, you know, I refuse to be like that. And I str was striving in my career um, mm -hmm. until I was about 45 before realizing that that energy was actually pushing people away because it was too strong energy and stepping into a more feminine energy of uh, embracing and accepting and sort of learning more about Reiki and healing arts. Um, then my coaching came out of it. Um, and yeah, I mean, things happen for a reason. And it's so interesting, as you shared, to look back and say, well, here's the pieces of the jigsaw puzzle that at the time I had no idea later on we're going to connect and make this beautiful picture because I had all the individual pieces. I just had to reorganize them into a different way. And once you've got that framework, then you can start filling in the pieces in the middle and it becomes this beautiful explanation that everybody can see for far and wide. Yeah. Yvonne, and you know what I want to add about that is that it can happen at any time in life. And it happened to you when you were a child. It happened to me when I was a child. It helped me to, to expect that sometimes, you know, to not to expect it, but not to be surprised if it happens again. Right. Because it happens again. You're going to hear certain things like that throughout your lifetime. If you're in a business, when I started Arthur International, I remember calling uh, an art fair, and, and this is a real story. I called this, um, the owner of this art fair, and I told him, you know, we want to network with you. We want to be one of your media partners. And he laughed at me. I was in, in Skype because back then, you know, Zoom, I was in Italy. He's here in, in California. And he laughed, ha, ha, you know, really loud. Like, you, you want to be partners? And he laughed. And I tell you what, 
three years down the road, I went to visit this art fair because I was participating in a different one. I want to partner with someone else anyway. And uh, and I don't know why this, the universe, right, puts him right in front of me and he sees me and he knows who I am. I have, he knows. And he sees my badge and he sees media partner and he's like, you're partnering with the wrong fair. Come to us like a joke. And I'm thinking, you know, do you remember what you did? He probably didn't. You know, you do things like that. And then you forget, but the person who you did it to might not. But these are things that were, are going to happen. The, the thing is that you need to be ready to say, forget it, you know, effort, um, effort. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to keep going. And I don't care what you're thinking. Yeah. I, I'm not going to work to prove you wrong because that's not why my energy is, you know, that's what I thought when I was a child. I don't work for that. I don't work to prove anybody that they're wrong. I'm going to I'm going to work for my dream, for my purpose, for my mission. I'm going to follow that with all my guts. I don't even want to look at competition. I don't even think of competition as competition because I, that's a different story there when it comes to my business belief system. Right. Uh because there's so many people that can come to you, right? If yeah. you have that mentality of abundance, you forget about the competition. You forget about everything else. You do your own thing. You yeah. follow your guts. You follow your your purpose. Um, that's not what we have. Um, Addy for a Green Planet and our and our film came from that. Just mm. from following our guts. And it's like you know what we need to share this message. We have a voice. We have a platform. We're really in a crisis. We are in an environmental crisis. It's not a hoax. It's not a lie. It's real. And if we don't take the steps and if we don't share this message, we're doomed. So yeah. that's why we made that um, documentary, Kinsuyi, The Line of Destiny. It's all about that. And guess what? The artists sponsored this documentary. And they participated. We included their images inside the film. It's just incredible how it works. But it's just follow your, th- your, follow your instinct, follow your guts. Abundance comes, yeah. and you know, success is all about that, not about what's in your bank account, or counting your clients, or are you on top of this this company or not? What what are you third? You know, no, don't look at that. Look at do what you want to do the best way you can do it. Look at it. Okay, what can I do? How can I do this better? And then go above that better that you think is better, right? Right. So it, it's more about how we 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 surrender to this. But we're gonna, always going to find someone that's going to give us one of those feedbacks in life. Mm-hmm. And it could happen to you if you're a woman. Well, you're going to hear somebody that's going to say, you know what, if I take you to lunch, I'm going to help you. Or if I take you to lunch, I'm going to share with you this secret that's going to help you bring your company because it's happened to me. Uh, oh, yes, sure. We sponsor the magazine. You want to, but first we got to discuss it over dinner. Um, so no, I am a respectable married woman. Don't treat me like a hooker. <laughs> Sorry mm-hmm. for that. You know, don't treat me as a prostitute because that's not my, my purpose here. Yeah. And I have nothing against prostitutes. Let me make that clear. But that's not my profession. Don't treat me like that. I'm not exchanging myself. I'm 
offering this. So as women, we got to be ready for all this stuff. We got to well, make us ready and make us stronger. I think it's, I think it's important to recognize that, you know, every international women's day, I'm, you know, I'm typically asked to speak somewhere. And, you know, if we look at the, the accomplishments of women and we've done so much you know we've come such a long way and yet there are still obviously um you know mountains that we have to climb in certain corporate arenas certain cultures and so you know we're on the path and yep. every one of these stories for Vienna makes a difference because when people hear that you know a courageous woman who started off as a, you know a child that was impacted by very negative language can turn things around, even though there's been, you know, much that's happened along the way in your journey, that, that you can turn things around and you can turn it into something that is beautiful, something that is supporting humanity, supporting the environment, supporting artists, and also to be supporting, you know, women leaders to say, no, you know, we're not going to be treated in this fashion. We are going to stand up for ourselves and we're going to be respected and we've earned that respect not yep. by talking about it but by showing people you know I'm doing it <laughs> right yes. and I mean I've certainly been been um you know a student for a number of years from you know some of the world's greatest transformational teachers I mean T. Harv Eker always you know in his classes always talks about you know what someone else says is none of your business and it it resonated with me because it's true it's it's not truth it's their opinion it's just their opinion um you know jack canfield um brian tracy you know a lot of the the transformational leaders are looking and saying you know tap into what's in your heart live on purpose the money will come the business will get created around what you're passionate about and when you make these connections yes come from a place of abundance don't start with a mindset of scarcity because that's when the that's when your business will flourish and that's you know those are the some of the guiding principles that i teach my students and you know the women that i'm working with to help them flourish in business it's about you know tapping in paying attention listening to your heart i do visioning sessions where the women get out of their heart and into their head and connect the two and some magical things happen in their business because they're not only thinking about it they're really feeling into what they can do to make a difference and they're serving versus selling and when you're serving and coming from that uh, servant heart energy it makes such a massive difference so I'm so yeah. glad that we have been talking today you have um, been doing a lot of great work um, and I know that you have a focus on helping artists yes. to, um, to reset their mindset you know reset their belief system understand how they can be more accountable for their lifestyle, you know, learning business strategies for uh, artists to be successful and creative, and then bringing all these things together. That's a 10-week program that you have. And um, we can talk a little bit about how people can keep in touch with you. But I also wanted to understand a little bit more about uh, something that you generously are offering for the listeners which is um, a gift, uh, how yes. to create a winning media kit. Tell me more about that, please. Well, the media kit, which is a tool that is so underestimated, 
it's very important for anyone's career, not just artists, for anyone's, any entrepreneur, anyone that has a company, anyone that has a brand that needs representation. Your media kit is, is not just your uh, business card. Your media kit is what's going to help you close more deals, get more sales, and share your message with your prospects or your clients or your collectors. Because it's a way for you to take them in a journey, page by page, through what you want to share. So we have been, throughout the years, used to just sharing, you know, here's my, my website. Go and check it out. And what happens is, yeah, it was great maybe years ago, but we have come to a point where people have, I don't know, four windows open in their computer. So your collector, your prospect, your client opens up that window of your website. Cool. He's reading your product probably and then pops up the latest, you know, the latest uh, sale on whatever website and he and you lost them. Yep. You lost them. That's that's it. It's over because it takes a few seconds, right, to to get distracted. So the media kit, uh, what I discover is that is it's not just great to get you on the media, which is actually in the ultimate purpose to get you featured on the media, but also to share with your client. So I created uh, um, together with partner journalists. I got together. I spent my twenty twenty and close. Uh, a network with so many journalists, friends of mine, and we came together to design this media kit that would actually get the attention of the media. So how do you, how are you supposed to present it? What are you supposed to say? What are the words that you want to use? And what do you want to include in there? Because it depends on what you are giving the journalists. That's what, that's going to be a defining factor between them featuring you or not featuring you if they have to do a lot of work forget it because there's a lot of people that want to get featured in that same segment on tv or the same article and the easiest for them and the one that gets more uh, attraction the one that gets them more going that's the one they're going to pick up so that's what we created the media kit and and uh, the winning media kit i call it the winning media kit and we have that the gift is actually a class for them for to guide them. It's about fifty. It's if I'm not wrong, it's about eighteen minutes. But those eighteen minutes are going to transform the way you're presenting yourself. So mm-hmm. it goes okay. from from page one to the last page, and it teaches them what to include. And it comes with an added video that also gives tips on how to present yourself on a media kit. And why it's so important to have it. So I'm just happy to share that with anyone that wants to to get it, and they can go visit my website and and download it from there. It's funny as you're talking, some a little flag just popped up on on uh, on my computer too. So just for a split second there, there I was distracted. <laughs> I know. Yes. Well, that's very valuable. Thank you so much for sharing that. How to create a winning media kit. And the best place to find that on your website, what's the, your website address again, Viviana? So it's vivianapuelo.com. Okay. So and Viviana. what I'm going to do is I'm going to put a little flag on that homepage today that is going to say words, wisdom. <laughs> so whoever, 
whoever is watching you is going to get an extra gift. Just click on your on your banner. We're going to it's going to be live in about an hour. So check back in an hour. You're going to pull out a com and check on Yvonne's banner and you're going to get a surprise gift as well. Oh, lovely. Awesome. <laughs> well, I know that we just have a few more minutes left. So in summary, if you had to pick maybe three things, three sort of top learnings that throughout your life have really been important to you in advancing in your success. What do you think maybe those two or three top learnings have been? Are you willing to share? Yes, of course. Um, the first one is start doing whatever it is that you want to do, even if you don't know how to do it. Take mm -hmm. the first step. Uh, sometimes not knowing works to your advantage. It has for me many, many times. So just do it and learn through the process. Don't wait to get ready because you're never going to get ready. You might be a perfectionist and want to keep learning. So just yeah. do it. Do it if, even if you don't know. Um, the second one is don't forget what got you started. Don't forget why you started doing what you're doing. Um, because probably in the process of creating your dream company or uh, fulfilling your dream organization, you might get lost in the daily routine, in the difficulties, in the ups and downs, because they are ups and downs. It's not just a smooth ride. So remembering every day while you're there, having a clear purpose, it's going to keep you connected to your inspiration. And one of my mantras is always stay inspired. And that's what it means. Remember, remember who you are and why you're here. Right. Remember who you are and why you're here. You are more than just this human body. You know, there's a higher purpose for you. Mm -hmm. And you're here for that purpose. And if you keep that in mind every day, it's going to get you through the desert, the storm, and, you know, help you enjoy more uh, when you see the spring flowers. Yeah. Oh, this has been beautiful. Um, I mean, certainly I know for myself, um, you know, when I first got um, to work with a, an expert who helped download and channel my life purpose, um, you know, to be uplifting the spirit of humanity, it sounded like such a massive goal. And I'm thinking, how the heck do I do that? <laughs> um, and then I, like you, I looked around my house and I, you know, what, what have I been filling my, filling my personal space with, my world with, and everywhere on pretty much every wall. I mean, you can see, right, you know, there's always positive, inspiring words everywhere. And that was the first clue of, you know, what is it that I want to do? And then thinking about, you know, what my life experience has brought was all about helping to see what my mum didn't do and therefore converting that into what can I do to prevent more women from having her experience and being diminished in, in her um, in her world. So such an interesting story. Thank you so much for sharing. And if you are intrigued to learn more, feel free to go to Viviana's website. I'll put the link in the chat box for this uh, show. Thank you so much for joining me. This has been totally a delight. I'm so glad that we got connected. Uh, thank you to our beautiful common friend, a uh, friend in common now, Patricia, for connecting us. Yeah. And I look forward to learning more about the Winning Media Kit 
by downloading it from your website. And if listeners would like to stay in touch with me as well, you can certainly do so through my website, wordswomenandwisdom.com. And if you're intrigued about the book, Words, Women and Wisdom, The Modern Art of Confident Conversations that we've referenced, feel free to download a three chapter excerpt from that by clicking the red button on my website and you can receive that and a couple of other gifts as well to help elevate women's confidence. Thank you so much, Viviana. It's been a delight and I look forward to keeping in touch with you. You have a beautiful day. Thanks. Thanks, Yvonne. Thank you. Bye for now.